All right, everybody, welcome to Studio B. I am your host, Pastor MDH. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Studio B. Make sure you go to our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page, and even our YouTube to like, follow, subscribe, and even comment to make sure that you don't miss one single episode of Studio B. I have a very special guest with me today in the studio, Reverend Will Cumby. He is the youth minister over at the Fountain of Praise for the last 14 years. Man, thank you so very much for joining us here on the set of Studio B. How you doing today? Man, blessed. Glad to be here and looking forward to hanging out with you. Man, I am excited about this, man. Um, I see here that you are married. You got three kids. You've been married for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Kind of give me that 30,000-foot view, man, of what it's been like to be a youth minister over at the Fountain of Praise. Uh, being a youth minister at the the Fountain of Praise has been an exciting joy. Um, I will say every day, every week is a new experience. Um, I was saying the other day, it's like, uh, man, being on 610 on a motorcycle with no helmet, <laughs> you're just like flying. And before you know it, you're at your next destination. The years have flown by, but I've enjoyed the view and um, I've grown every single day since I've been there. And especially in your capacity with ministering to the youth, I'm sure that that offers not only some excitement, um, but also some very in-depth challenges, um, especially in 2020, where our youth are dealing with so many different things. At a point in time when we were coming up, we were never dealing with these kind of issues. So how are you bridging all of these different things that are going on right now with the youth? Well, you know, my thing, when we talk about ministering to youth or even working with youth, you have to be in their community. How many times have we heard every good shepherd must shell, smell like a sheep? Hmm. And so I make a, a concerted effort to be in the high schools, to be involved with them, to be on the social media platforms, listening to them, because the issue more common in youth ministry is we all want to tell them what we want them to hear instead of listening to their issues, listening to their desires, then saying, let's minister to that. So now bring this Bring this bring this closer to home here, uh, Will, um, because along that train of thought, the traditional frame of thinking in church is uh, kind of do what I say, not as I do. Um, do X, Y, and Z without really understanding the background to the issues that we're facing with these children and our youth in general. Um, in 2020, notwithstanding, but there is a myriad of problems that are on the horizon now in the church. I'm not even talking about the world. I'm talking about the kids that love God and are trying to do right, are dealing with issues that are severe, just to be just to put it lightly. So how do you how do you deal with these kids on a very personal level when they're going through these kind of challenges in 2020? Well, once again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's being active, doing life with them. Um, I have three children, right? We said that earlier. And one thing I recognized is that um, they are snack monsters. I call them snack monsters because as soon as they eat, they're ready for a snack. Um, But one thing I realized about them always wanting a snack is they will go to my refrigerator or to my pantry before they'll be like, let's go get something to eat. Here is the point of that statement. In this reality and all the things that these students are dealing with and they're going through, they're going to go to what's home. They're going to go to what they're being fed first. And so by being active in their realities, whether that's on social media, whether that's reaching out to them by a text message or a phone call, they're going to say, look, let me seek to you because I know you're familiar to me before I go somewhere else. The reality is um, uh, people are hungry, right? And they're going to do whatever it takes to eat. I've got a great story about it. When we have time, I'll share it with you. But if we are feeding them, they're going to find nourishment somewhere else. And so as they're dealing with um, 
uh, screen fatigue, as they're dealing with uh, separation anxiety, as they're dealing with um, even personality issues because they do not have social uh, settings to be able to unpack their emotions and figure out who they are. And junior high, really junior high is when you figure out where you are. <laughs> and if you don't have it, how do you do it? Well, I've taken that on personally and say, let me, let's, let's talk through these things. Let's create uh, socially distant events. Let's create some opportunities for you to figure out who you are in this perspective. And then let's move on to the next. So, Will, we are in a year like um, nobody has ever experienced before. No matter how many years you got in ministry, um, no matter how long you've been doing this and whatever setting you happen to be in, 2020 has caught us all um, by surprise. We've had to deal with things in this year that are unprecedented um, in our lifetimes. And so there's a different, um, and I'll put in air quotes, norm now, Um, that we have to deal with. So if you're looking at 2020 as a whole, what would you say is the spiritual takeaway from 2020? Um, I would say the spiritual, uh, let's see, message would be active rest, active rest. Um, Outside of being a youth pastor, I'm also a personal trainer. And so we understand that there are days where you are putting your body through the rigmaroles, you're putting them through the stuff to, to actually cause yourself to grow. But the true growth happens when you take the active rest. It's those days off where you're not beating yourself up in the gym, but you're still being active. You're not just resting. And so if you look back, there's a story in, in Exodus uh, where we find uh, the, the children of Israel right at the Red Sea, right? They're right there. They see that Pharaoh is right barreling down on them, right? Um, Exodus 14, 13 mm-hmm. and 14, right around there. And Moses tells the people, don't be, afraid, don't be afraid, but he tells them, stand still and see. I think right now God has caused us to stop and really consider some things. You've been asking for some things. You've been asking for more time with your family, more time with your wife, more time with your, your dreams, your goals, your aspirations. But now that you've had this time, he doesn't say uh, have this paralysis of analysis, right? Where you sit there and you're like, now what do I do? Because if you look in verse 15, watch this. He says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Hold on, Moses. Mm-hmm. You just told me to stay in steel. Now you're telling me to move. It's called active rest. Pause. Consider the situation and now move. And so what he's doing in this situation, I believe right now is as husbands, we're saying, hold on. I realize there's been a disconnect with my wife. Now I've had this time to have it. Now that we see it, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to stand here and be complain about what is not working and what you want to work? Or will you say, I see it. Now I will address it so that we can have a a positive future, whether it be in our families, with our children, with our careers, and even our dreams and goals and aspirations. So active rest, and I believe that's a, let's kind of explore that a little bit, because when you're looking at how this year started off, it was one thing after another. Mm -hmm. It was a myriad of events literally happened in rapid succession. And so when you wake up the next morning, there's a whole new reality. You go to sleep, you wake up, there's a whole new reality. And this has happened from January Mm -hmm. all the way into October. So we've had to adjust in so many different ways throughout this year that many people are not familiar with. Now, life is about adjustments. Mm -hmm. We have to adjust in order to grow. But in this particular season where we have been forced to get used to new norms and new regulations, there's also been um, a time for spiritual reflection to the degree where we can examine our lives, to really prioritize what's good, what's bad, what's important, what's not. 
I've been spending a lot of time, energy, and effort over here. And now that I'm able to sit back and look at all the things that I've done right here, I've kind of figured out that, man, all the time that I put right here, I could have allocated that over here. So we're able to, to look at our life in that balance. But if you're looking at the overall message, um, Will, of what God is trying to do in our life, the church has a mandate uh, to be the salt and the light of the earth. Uh, we have been called by God to go out and evangelize the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. To your point with the active rest, it's hard to do that when you burn out. Uh-huh. It's hard to fulfill that assignment on your life when you don't know if you're coming or going. Uh-huh. Uh, so the active rest is something that I think we can take away from this. But what do you think is the role of the church? What is the opportunity for the church in 2020? Because this is a year that we've never experienced before. So what does that look like for opportunities for the for the church of Jesus Christ? There you go. So when you say it that way, um, shout out to Fuller Seminary. So I'm, I'm there. So everything, when I hear things, I look at it and I'm turning this rock over a hundred different ways to see how does this really mean. So when we talk about how does the church respond in this 2020 reality, are we talking about the big C church? Are we talking about the little C? Are we talking about the, the, the edifice where we all are meeting? Or are we talking about the people? Well, I think when we talk about, let's, let's break that down into two different areas. We're talking about the, 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 the edifice, the building on the corner, what I think God is really pushing us in this season is, is to be that church for social justice. I think if more than anything, we've seen over and over again that social justice is something we need to talk about. We need to do something about. We, where, where are the Martin Luther Kings that were standing out there leading things like it was? Where, where are those? We, we've done a really good job of, of preaching certain aspects, but now where are we when it comes to social justice and talking about those things that are dealing with um, injustice and, and implicit and explicit bias? And, and, and that's something that's very, very prominent in me. I, I, I wrote this, the, uh, the other day in a blog, um, we were moving at such a pace in 2019, 18, 17, whatever, that some of the things that have happened this year, it would have bothered us, but we'd have been so busy with our life that we would not have sat down and said, hold on, let's really, let's, let's really deal with this thing right now. And so it's that sitting down that's caused us to really take a, a, a deeper look into it. When we talk about the people, what I think what, what God is doing with us as far as the church, the people is we've now had to have the uncomfortable conversations, the, the, the conversations with the people in our job, the conversations with the people um, that, that we live with. In my neighborhood, there's Biden signs and there's Trump signs. Right. And so what does that mean? Do I do I ignore my neighbor or do I show the love of Christ and say, hey, you're still my neighbor, even though I disagree with your political uh, agendas or the political things that you do as the church? It's time for us to step up and have the uncomfortable uh, uh, conversations. I think about the story of the man with the withered hand and how he was standing in the crowd and Jesus is there and they're all ready to, to, to catch him in something, right? And then he tells the man with the withered hand, he says, "Stand, step forward. And it's, that's what we need to do. We need to step forward. But watch what happens. He never says a word. He never says a word. But then Jesus tells him to stretch out your hand. So what we must do is step forward into his presence and say, God, what's, what's going on here? I, I, on one hand, it looked like this in 2019. But on the other hand, it doesn't look like I want it to. But yet I will step forward into your presence and say, what do you want me to do next? And that's where we stretch out our hand and we, 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 we start talking to people we wouldn't normally talk to. We start going into communities that we didn't normally do. We, 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 um, what I love here at Bethel's family is it's not just the big building on the corner. It's the big building 
in the corner. Mm-hmm. It's it's involved in the community, and that's what's necessary in this season. So, Will, let's let's explore this, um, even on the, sub- the subject of social justice, because the Bible is replete yes. of how God feels about social justice, yes. all the way back from the book of Genesis all the way to the end of Revelations. Uh, the Bible is not silent when we talk about the issues of social justice. The problem that I see with the conversation is we have entered into a time, um, uh, Brother Will, where truth has now become relative. Mm. Um, truth has become subjective. It's become personalized. And so you often hear, it's my truth. It's your truth. There's really no standard of truth. There's no measure of truth. And the problem that I see facing us right now in 2020, where into having those kind of conversations, there was a time in which we could have a conversation and disagree and me and Will can still go out and get a bite to eat. Right. We could literally not be on the same page, but because we are boys and mm-hmm. because we love each other, we're still going to love each other at the end of that conversation. The problem that I see happening now is that when truth comes in or conversation comes in and you have two varying opinions, the situation is so heated, it is so disparaging that those two people who were once friends, loving family, cousins, brothers, or whatever the case may be, because of different vantage point, walk away opposed or walk away on the other sides of the fence. And I think that there's a problem in talking about it from a general perspective. And if we're looking at the issue about facts versus feelings, let's mm-hmm. talk about what we need to talk about. Let's remove the emotions as much as we can then I believe we can start making leeway. But you know, just like I know, uh, being in the ministry for, for a number of years, it's hard to talk to a very emotional person. It's very difficult to get facts into the conversation of an emotional person. So I agree that God has given us an opportunity to talk about these issues in a very real way. Um, but Will, I'm on the side of after we're done talking, now what? Now what? Yeah. Uh, we have to start talking about policy. It's one thing to come together and gather a council and a board and do this town hall meeting and talk about all the issues of the world. But now what are we going to do about social justice reform? What are we going to do about prison reform? What are we going to do about educational reform, economic reform? What are the specific policies that we are bringing to the table to address all of the problems that everybody know exist? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to say, okay, these are the problems. It's another thing to say, here's the problem and here's the solution. Mm -hmm. And then we get around in roundtable discussions and talk about those solutions and how to move them forward. So I agree that God has given us a platform. The problem that I see, Will, is that we are living in a world that is constantly divided. Um, There was a recent poll in Cato.com that said that 62% of all Americans are afraid to express their political views because of the cancel culture. Right. If I tell you that I'm for Trump and I work on a people that's for Biden, I'm going to be canceled in that culture. If I tell you I'm for Biden in a culture that's for Trump, I'm going to be canceled in that culture. So we, we have not liberated people to the truth. We have confined them. So my question to you is, how do we bridge this gap where there is seemingly such a divisive um, um, issue in our world? How do we how do we bring together varying opinions to the table and get conversation moving? Great question. Like that is a the million dollar question, right? I think that's something we all want to figure out is how can we uh, have these open conversations? Um, I, wow, my mind is spinning. I really want to start with saying uh, seek first to understand than to be understood, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where it comes from. Uh, I, like I said, I've been married for 10 years. 
10 years and I've learned a lot in that 10 years and there are times where I knew I was right in many times and I was like I'm going to tell you that I'm right and and that's the end of it but uh, here's the point do you want to win the argument and lose your testimony mm-hmm. and so uh, that's a good word uh, I, I've, I've had to learn a lot of times and even when we do have combative conversations with people who are very reticent about their beliefs that we still have to take that moment and say I'm going to sit and listen and, and, and that's hard that's really hard when you know your opinion is pretty pretty correct. Yeah. Um, I read a book recently called Woke Church um, by Dr. Eric Mason. Mason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it really opened my eyes to a lot more things where it's like, yeah, we're going to disagree, but can, are you going to be that staunch in your beliefs that you won't at least be open-minded enough to say, I hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. I believe that the way we can grow as a community, as, as different ethnicities— even as husband and wives is first, let me find the thing that we agree upon. Yeah, come on. We may disagree on a thousand things, yeah. but if I find one thing we agree on, let's build from there. I, I don't agree with all this other stuff, but okay, I do agree that uh, universal health care is a good idea. Okay, let's start there. Mm-hmm. Let's, now let's let's see some other areas. We, Okay, you like that person, I like this person, but we, but we both agree that we want our city to be better. Amen. We want our communities to be better. And that's where I think, I believe the change happens. Scripture, what does it say? Um, It says, uh, be slow to speak, quick to listen, right? And slow to wrath. We struggle with the quick to listen. (laughs) Yeah, real talk. Especially when we know we're right. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) real talk. We know we're right. Yeah, real talk. (laughs) Trust me, in the 10 years I've been, I'll be like, just, just take a breath. Please yeah, take just, a breath because I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Take, yeah. <laughs> take, 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 take one breath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think God's telling us, man, we, we take that beat and, and do do more listening. And um, and when we do that, I may not 100 percent agree, but I can at least say I heard what you had to say. And and for the purposes of the church and the platform that God has given us, we are unique in the world. Um. The world takes its cues from the church. And so when we see chaos spiraling in the world, it's because in turn we see chaos spiraling in the church. Oh, yeah. He never said to the world, you're going to be the salt and the light of the world. He never said that. He said to those of us who have been called out of darkness into his light that we are going to be the salt and the light in the world. So we have to respond differently. And I believe that when we are, when we find some commonalities and then we can express those commonalities and then if there may be varying opinions about this particular point and that particular point, I believe that those things are mute. The, th- the point that I'm expressing here, Will, is that as Christians— the foundation that unites me and Brother Will is the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. That's eternal. Yes. Everything else that we talk about is temporal. The eternality of what me and you share in common is the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. That's what we share. The problem is, and I've made this statement, Will, I will not talk about politics to anybody that I love mm. um, because I know it's going to ruin the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a that's a hard task when you want to have conversations about how to move the needle forward, but in the back of your mind, you understand that this conversation is not yeah. going to go anywhere. So I think that whether we start is to, like you said, find some commonality. Mm-hmm. Let's let's submit to where we agree. Mm-hmm. Do we agree that justice needs to be served? Absolutely. Right. Now, let's talk about how that looks. How does it look? Mm-hmm. What, what are the avenues that we need to take in order to achieve the same objective goal? So let me ask you this. How has the church responded 
um, in this area of 2020 from social unrest to um, COVID-19, which is the big thing right now, COVID-19, um, it's still in the news. How has the church responded in that, in that area? Um, I think the church is responding the best way they can. Um, every day is a, is a new nuance of what, of how we're thinking. I mean, just last week we were saying, Hey, I don't think we're going to reopen our doors until 2021. But then we're saying, okay, they're, they're releasing some of the things. Okay. We're going to open now. Okay. So what does that look like when we open? And then once you open, what are the, what are the, uh, how are we going to deal with the opening? And then when you talk about COVID and, and the, uh, your older members, right? You don't want to expose them. When you talk about politics and what's going on, how does that how does that affect the decisions that we make? When you talk about getting um, the PPP loans and things like all of that is happening right now. And so, what we have to do is take it on a case by case, take it case by case, mm-hmm. looking at each thing, say, okay, now how do how do we deal with this? And then doing it from uh, a community aspect. Like uh, we, what I love at our church is the decisions they do make. We say, okay, let's bring our team together and let's figure out how will this best affect not only our senior adults, our adults, our young adults, our youth, our children, and then let's move forward. It's that, it's that one mindset that causes the division and that, mm-hmm. that, that silo island-like mentality where the youth department may have a good idea and the uh, seniors might have a good idea and the young adults have a good idea. But if there's no synergy in those ideas, you, you're, you're all – one of my favorite quotes is, says, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere else. That's right. And so we have to do that as the church is to say, okay, where are we headed? And I'm seeing more and more there is, especially because of the COVID and everything that's going on, is more church leaders are saying, hey, what are you doing at your church? Okay, what are you doing? And it's not a matter of competition for who has the bigger church and who's doing the most. It's, hey, how what's working in your community? Now, let's take that model and apply it in our in our demographic and let's move forward from there. So the church has been presented a very unique opportunity in this time. Mm-hmm. So we've had to step up our game in several different ways, the online worship, our, our yes. viewership on social media, more um, distinct footprint on those particular platforms. So this has caused us to kind of revamp a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in regards to the COVID-19, you see that it's having um, a serious effect across the line. Absolutely. I mean, from economics to job, there are over 100,000 businesses that will never open up its doors again. Mm-hmm. There are 32,000 uh, 32, churches um, uh, nationwide that will not open back up again. Right. So this COVID-19 has had severe effects. Um, there are some things that... Um, I want to talk to you about I, I, this is uh, uh, this is one of the reasons why I love Studio B because we're going to talk about what needs to be talked about. OK, um, COVID-19 is very real. Uh, Absolutely. Will. Very, very real. Um, I hold a uh, distinct opinion about COVID-19 that if this was 2019 and or 2021, the response to COVID-19 would be completely different. Hmm. Um, it is because we're in a major political season right now. And hmm. I see that both parties, Republican and or Democrat, are wielding the COVID-19 sword at will. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're using it to their own benefit to one side or the other. Um, we face pandemics in the past. Pandemics are nothing new to America. It is nothing new to the world. Uh, we've experienced government shutdown. Um, it is nothing new to the world. We've experienced um, when we have had to take drastic measures to counter things happening in our country. But this COVID-19 has really taken on a different persona um, because it has been so partisan. It has been you right, I'm wrong, blue, red, Republican, Democrat. 
it's not even about a health issue anymore. Um, and I see that there are some drastic um, measures that are being taken in this regard, in so much as I can take California, for example, that has California and New York that has the most stringent restrictions on church facilities. Right. Um, church facilities specifically. Right. Not for businesses, not for this, but church business, church facilities specifically. California, for example, you can't have more than 25% of your population inside of the congregation at one time. Right. If the pastor says, let's go outside and do a park and praise, well, you have to have socially distanced and can't have more than 50% capacity in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. But yet two days ago in California, when the Lakers won the yeah. championship, <laughs> There are thousands right. of people mm-hmm. in the streets, back to back, side to side, no social distancing, no mask. And so I see this COVID-19 as it's hard to understand. We have to be able, Will, to identify those segments of our population that are highly vulnerable. Right. I think we know that. Right. That out of the 210,000 people that have died from COVID, 65% of those people have been over the age of 65 with very underlying issues. So we need to target those areas that are the most vulnerable. But when you're looking at how the church is responding to COVID-19, are we responding in the best way um, that glorifies God? Hmm. Um, it's a question that I want to pose to you. Wow, that's... Whew. Man, you, you should have sent me that one so I, could, <laughs> so I could do some research and have some words. Are we responding? Wow. This, this, uh, wow. I, I will say that it's forced creativity. Mm. It, it, has, it has truly forced creativity. And um, closed-minded will keep closed doors. Um, and mm. so I've seen where those who have been very just dead set on this is the way it's supposed to be, they've struggled through this. And, and as as a church body, the ones that and I have friends who have churches in California and, and I talk to them on a regular basis about how they're doing is actually they've seen greater growth because of this, because they've had they they had to um, any box you stay in too long will become a coffin. Mm-hmm. And so they they've had to really unpack some ideas to make it work. Are there some that are doing it wrong? Yes. There are some that are just like this is the way my way. But the ones that are forcing themselves to, and this has actually been a great year of the youth pastor and the youth because they, social media and being on their phone all day, that's nothing new to them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, that's right. so that's the thing was, new. oh, they're going to, oh man, they're tired <laughs> of being on their phone. They're like, my, they're, my kids will be on Zoom class all day, get off of that and then go wait on their PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, dude, aren't you tired of looking at a screen? He's like, no dad, this is a different type of screen. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Right. We we it's it's we're the ones that are struggling because it's like I don't get this whole thing and so I go I say all that to say it has forced creativity. Um, our services online now we've experienced a great boom in our youth services. A good friend of mine over at Windsor Village, Ray Beatty, he's had to totally shift his services to a Zoom class, and it's been great. All of that to say, yeah, there are some that are getting it right. Um, the ones that aren't are the ones that are are. Too staunch in there saying to say, I won't ask, how are you doing it? Mm. Um, and do I also hear going back to the whole Lakers thing as opposed to church thing, uh, people will control what they can. And, and so and there's always been that I want to control the church. I want to control what you can do and what you can't do. Um, but you cannot control the Holy Spirit. So, Brother Will, you're talking about that it's forced some creativity and thinking outside of the box. Further expand on that. 
Um, Force creativity, the scripture verse. Here we go again. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I think some things had to die. Some things had to pass away. Some things had to end in order for us to truly see how he's moving in this season. Uh, the force creativity, it, it, we, we're, we're doing things in, on new and creative levels. Um, conferences that were limited to just, uh, you, you want to get everybody into that one room and make it work. Now, the, the local preacher whose congregation was limited to just the people in their neighborhood, now you have a reach across the nation because mm. all they have to do is click in. But if you don't see that your reach is that wide and that large, man, you're going to miss. It goes back to the analogy I said earlier with, with the refrigerator. Um, they're going to come eat from your refrigerator before they go anywhere else. And so for us to be afraid that, well, because they're not coming into my building, they're watching somebody else's service. Why don't you flip that and say, these are my people. They've been coming to this church for X amount of years. They, they, they've been listening to this word for X amount of years. Let me continue to do this. Here's the quote. If you are consistent, you'll get it. I mean, if you're persistent, you'll get it. But if you're consistent, you'll keep it. Hmm. And so we've been persistent about, hey, I need to get you here. Now we have to be consistent. We can't get lazy with our Sunday services. We can't get lazy with our Wednesday things. It's, it's that I have to do this over and over again. In, in your weight loss and you want to you get in shape, if your whole goal is to get in shape for a wedding, congratulations. What are you going to do after you get there? If your whole goal to get the wife or the husband is, I got them, now what? It's the consistency that makes the difference in our lives. And that's where we're going to have to do with this creative thing is, are you only creative because we're in this? Or will, after we are able to get back into our communities again, say, okay, hold on, now we're going into hybrid services. We're, what do we look like online and on, and on campus? And that's where the difference is going to take place because now you have a new rank in uh, youth ministry. One of the struggles we had, uh, football season. Hmm. Texas football is huge. It's king. Right? And you can't think, <laughs> oh, it's just the football players because now you've got the football players. You've got the, the, the drill team. You've got the band. You've got the cheerleaders. You've got, you've got the trainer. So you're not just missing football players. You've got a whole group of people who aren't able to come because they're committed to the football. Well, now... Because of, unfortunately, COVID, we have the creativity of online and Zoom and Instagram. Now I have those outliers kids who are saying, oh, I can come to church now. I can get it in. I can see what's going on because if I missed it, I can always go back and watch it online. I can catch the YouTube service. I can catch the whatever. And we have to capitalize on that if you want to continue to build the kingdom. So it's forced creativity, and you are absolutely correct on that across the board. Um, but there are some factors in that forced creativity that present some challenges. One of the things that I say about COVID-19 is that it has created and has created a spirit of distrust among the members. When we come back together in fellowship and somebody coughs, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's going on with that person? Mm -hmm. Somebody walks into the sanctuary that does not have a mask on. We immediately side-eye that person. Oh, absolutely. There's this era of trust. And, and here's why it's important, because as Christian fellowship progresses, we need trust at the foundation. We have, In order to have genuine fellowship, we have to be able to commune by the Holy Spirit. And so there has forced us to be recreative and to redo some things. My thing is, is that I have a couple of pastors who are... Um, Brother Will, let me just say it the way that I say it, and they're, they're probably watching. Um, they're old school through and through. Okay. They love the Lord. They are old school through and through. They are from the older generation uh, that God was good enough for my grandmother. He was good for her mother, and he's good enough for me. That's the generation that they are. And they are severely hurting right now. Mm-hmm. 
they're not able to change and recreate in that area or that sphere that they're in. The younger generation and the people that are in, in our age that are over youth ministry and over ministries of that nature can shift and adjust. But what about those churches that can't? 32,000 churches, that's 32,000 less voices mm-hmm. that we'll have in particular communities not preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. So what happens to those churches who have not been able to reinvent the wheel, who have not been able to take their social media game to the next level, their online game to the next level? They have fallen at the foot of this thing called COVID-19. What happens to them? How do they respond? Great question. Um, going back to scripture again, he says, call to me. He said, I'll show you things that you don't understand. We, we, it, God is good. He, the, the God of my grandfather, the God of my grandmother, the God <laughs> of my great-grandmother is my God too. Yeah. And my God shall supply all my needs. It's more than the finances that I'm looking for God to supply. God, I need you to supply some creativity into my ministry. And how can we do this? We, we, what does the Bible say? We, we, um, uh, if you don't ask, seek, and knock. Right. There's the things that we need. And, and, and for us to say, well, this is the way I've done it. I get that's the way you've done it. But that's why God sends people into our space. He sends mm. people into our proximity that say, hey, you know, are you looking for someone to help you out with that? You know, I do a, a monthly call to youth leaders, urban youth leaders on creativity and what you can do with your youth ministry. And it's free. Mm. The, the thing is, you'll find what you're looking for, good or bad. You'll find what you're looking for. If you're looking for a reason to say, this is going to decimate me, guess what? You're going to find it. But if you're looking for something to say, God, how can I take what I'm doing and move the needle? I'm an old school cat, God. So how can how, I, you, I, you can't put new wine and old white rice. You got all that. <laughs> OK, cool. Get you a new bag, homie. Yeah. <laughs> let me let, let me let me work that out for you. You know what yeah. I mean? There, there are guys that are in that community. And that's what this podcast is before before COVID. Were you were you listen? Hey, old school pastor, were yeah. you jamming podcasts before yeah. this? Yeah. Well, if you can find the 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 understanding to go after a, a podcast to get information, why don't you take the 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 intestinal fortitude to go out and say, I will ask somebody that is younger than me to teach me. That's a good I, word, I've got, man. My, my kids are younger than me. I don't know how to do, I couldn't teach you how to turn on the PlayStation <laughs> yeah, 4. Yeah. But if I want to reach the stu- students in my junior high ministry, I got to turn to my eight-year-old and say, hey, dude, what's Fortnite? <laughs> <laughs> right. Or I can be like, man, if it ain't Super Mario, I ain't doing it. Yeah. And I lose a whole group of kids. Yeah. Now, that's a good word. So, and I, I think I, I think that there are some, some old school cats that are... Um, even though as difficult as it is, they're watching now on YouTube. They're watching now on Facebook. They understand that it, it is a forced creativity. And if I don't force, if I'm not changing, then I am going to die. But I think when we're looking at how this whole thing plays out ministry wise, uh, we spend so much time trying to think about creative ways to reach the masses. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the gospel never changes. The yep. way that we present it always does, right? Yes, so the message is the same. The yes. message is the same. Yes. But the way we present it is different. When you're talking about this generation right now, this generation of people under my age, maybe 35 and under, um, this thing about social media is the means now. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids are, and even adults are accessing their information online. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook is for old people, by the way, so <laughs> not necessarily Facebook for the young folks. But the social media platform is very influential right now, very. The problem with the social media platform, uh, Will, is that everybody's on it. 
Right. Um, Non-litigators. Yeah. Um, everybody's got a word from God. Okay. And so when people are on that social media platform digesting all these different messages, how do we... As the and, and let me see if I can put this in a way that's not uh, disparaging because I don't want to do that. Um, everybody's got a right to preach the word. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said that um, even if they're not for me, if they're right. preaching, I, 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 yes, I get that. I just read that. Right. <laughs> yes. So we, we're, we're on the uh-huh. same page. Um, but how do we decipher information in this information age? To and maybe we just leave the results up to God. Maybe I'm answering my own question. But how do we decipher this information in this information age? Um, well, that's once again another two-part question. For the believer who's looking for the truth, the Bible also says, "Try the Spirit by the Spirit." And so, what we when we are reading the Word of God, and we are, or let's slow down. If you're just watching all the preachers on TV, congratulations. I'm glad, right? I I, I go to the mall and I look at all. Well, I used to back in the day. <laughs> you you could go and you'd you'd have this 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 uh, this myriad of food choices to go to, but I had to go to the one that most appeals to me. But then even after that, I I have to learn, I want to be able to cook for myself. I, at some point, I'm going to have to cook in my own kitchen. In order to do that, I've got to do some reading. Hmm. And so what we must do as believers and those who are following after Jesus Christ, right? Grandma's prayers have got you so far, but when will you get a voice of your own? That's a good when word. will you be able to open the Bible and say, okay, God, I don't get this. And then if you say, I struggle with it, it's, I, I what they say, I don't read good, right? You know, you've heard people say, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Listen, there are so many Bible apps out yeah. there, Bible yeah. Gateway, right? Yeah. You can get yeah. on that thing. You can listen, you can read the, 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 the English Standard Version. You can go to the Message Bible. You can go to the NIV. You can go to the New King James Version and you can put them right next to each yeah, other and yeah. go, okay, what does this mean? I'm, I'm not saying you need to be a person that can go stand on a pulpit and, and rightfully divide the word, but I will tell you this, before I eat my food, I inspect it. Mm. And so if I am receiving word from other people and I genuinely want to appreciate it and, and then be able to cook for myself, I need to go to the cookbook and I need to go look at it and go, and then if I don't get it, that's where we should be in a body. We should be, the, the church, we talked about it earlier, is more than the edifice. It's more than the building. It's that community. And so when you do have that word, you, you do, when we go back to social media, is those, those small groups where you can say, hey, man, hey, sis, look, I, I felt embarrassed to ask questions in church because it's yeah. a big church. But, yeah. you know, now it's me and you. Look, yeah. I was reading this right here, and he talking about, uh, you know, if your eye offends you, cut it out. Now, hold on. Now, I need both these things. What, what are we supposed to do? Oh man, come on, let's look at let's 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 unpack this word together. And that's where we grow as a community. That's where we grow as believers, and that's where we grow in our understanding of Jesus Christ. Once again, try the spirit by the spirit. Take it back to him. Just because I tell this to teenagers all the time, just because they call you that doesn't mean that's the calling on your life. Mm. Just because we've been called many things, yeah. that is not what he's called me. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. So I've got to go back to 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 the originator. I gotta go back to the person that created it and say, hold on now, what is this? So, Will, and this is going to lead us into this um, part that I'm uh, that I'm very passionate about, um, especially, and I hate to keep saying especially to qualify <laughs> 2020, but 2020 has just been a special year. Um, but this thing about mental health. Yes. Um, we're dealing with a lot here at the Church of Bethel's family from A to Z, you name any problem therein. We have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, black people, for the whole, don't take mental health seriously. Um, it's easy for us to call somebody crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's not a diagnosis. There's always a reason behind the thought. But it takes time to sit down with people and figure out how they got to that place. I often tell people that as adults, all you're simply doing is living out your childhood. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so those things that happened to you early on in childhood that you didn't deal with properly are just beginning to surface in your 20s and 30s and 40s. You see it popping up in your marriage. You see it popping up in how you're raising your kids. But this thing about mental health is something that we as the church don't talk nearly enough about. I believe that everybody needs Jesus, but some people need Jesus and a therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs to be saved, but some people need to sit down and get therapeutic help mm-hmm. because of mental things that are going on in their mind. And one of the things that's happening right now in 2020 is because we have never been created to be isolated. Right. We are created to be in community. One of the first things that God said it is not good that man, should be alone. that man should be alone. Correct. So being in isolation has negative effects on a person's mental game. So when we're looking at the mental aspect of 2020, how do we deal with that from a ministry standpoint, a pastoral standpoint, and even more specifically from a biblical standpoint? Okay. Uh, let's start from biblical. Um, you will never be able to get a permanent solution from temporary fixes. You look at the story of the man, the demoniac, right? And how he was living in the graveyard, right? Cutting himself. But here's the deal. If you go back and read it, he had still connection to the people that were in the community. They were mm-hmm. giving him temporary things mm-hmm. to, to, to help him live while he was out there cutting on himself. And so we, we, we have those who are not really trying to fix us, but they're just giving us these temporary fixes. And we've got to find someone or something that will give us the, 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 the mental wherewithal or the... Uh, the things that we're able to find are triggers and the things that help us to uh, understand why we are acting the way we're acting. Um, I'm a full proponent of getting therapy. Uh, I realize it even in my marriage, mm. right? You know, you just because I serve God and yeah, I read his on. word, <laughs> I, I still need a third party to get yeah. in that bad boy to yeah. be like, hey, Will, you're wrong. And I'd be like, but, but, don't, I don't care how much you've been with the Lord, you're yeah. wrong. Yeah. And you got to do this for your wife. Yeah. Okay, you're right, sir. You're right, ma'am. Um, I think that's important. Just as much as uh, we take our vehicles for checkups, we need to take our bodies for checkups. We we have to go in to see someone who's trained in that profession because they will see things that we don't see ourselves. Hmm. Um, I look at it this way. We can't see our own face. I can't see my own face. You know how I have to see my own face? I have to get in a mirror or someone has to tell me what's going on in my face. Hmm. And we can't see what's going on in our face or what's going on in our life unless we get into something that can tell us the truth. Now, that's where the next part come in is who are you talking to? Because you can talk to people who will love to keep you in the place that you're in. Yeah. Um, that'll say, hey, you know what? Misery loves company. I'm doing bad, too. Well, cool. I tell you this. Get you, um, when they say get you an accountability partner, don't get someone that just merely agrees with you, but will, will challenge you yeah. on the things that you're going through. Because people say, oh, man, I got an accountability partner. No, you got you got a co-signer. Yeah, you got a co-signer. <laughs> That's, That's exactly like, right. Yeah, who? that was a dumb yeah, decision. Yeah. Now, what happened? <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> you need someone to be like, yeah, that was a dumb decision. So what are you going to do next? And, and, and so getting someone that can tell you the truth about it. That, that, that was the uh, actually the scripture verse today on, um, what is that? I'm going to go to the app right here. It, it was the scripture verse for today was, um, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Someone that can be truly honest with you. And so I, I go see a therapist regularly. Mm. Um, he's, well, he's granted when he's one of the guys that's on our church, Dr. Scott Davenport, a super guy, I totally recommend him. 
But then my wife does that too. She does it through her uh, through the school district. They actually allow for it. And we have to get rid of that that stigma that yes, come on going now. to see someone is a yeah. problem. Well, you know what? Going to see someone's going to keep your life right. That's exactly and, right. And 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 when we are in the, those silos and we're in this place where we're 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 in this um uh, this ditch trying to figure it out on our own, man, it's hard by yourself. You know, the the teenagers, you know, they take pictures of themselves in the mirror crying. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, go see somebody. But see someone that truly wants to see you be better and not someone that's just wanting to see what you've been going through. And I hope that we I hope that everybody can hear that, because I I really want to make sure that we hone. We got to we got to we got to not stigmatize somebody who may not be in a good mental place. Mm -hmm. You know, in the church, man, we're so guilty of throwing scriptures against the wall. We say Romans chapter 12, one and two. I beseech you, brothers, by the tender mercies of God that you offer your bodies a living sacrifice, Mm -hmm. holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable act of service or worship. And then be not conformed to this world. Yeah. (laughs) But be ye transformed. And here's, he says, by the renewing of your mind. Yep. It is so easy to say it is another thing to do to deal with all that goes on in his mind. If somebody was suffering something in their physical body and they went to the doctor, nobody would question that. But if they're suffering things in their mental health and they go and see a doctor, you're labeled as crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, man, what are they going to do for you? And we have to be at a point to where, and I believe this is one of the major issues that the church is facing, that we are not addressing in a very holistic way. We have people that are really struggling Mm -hmm. in their mental health and we're telling them, go pray about it. No, we've got to be transparent about saying, go see, see help, get help. Um, don't suffer alone. Like you, you there, there are opportunities and it, it, it's available to you. But we have to, as leaders, not only lead them to, hey, here's how you can uh, do better in your business. Here's how you can do better in your marriage. But also, here's how you can do better in your own mental psyche. Yeah. The Bible over and over again talks about how we, how you are to seek help, right? Seek first the king, right? There's so many things where he talks about you've got to get some help. And the more that we we make, we've got to make getting help normal. Yeah, come on. Just as much as I read the other day, we've got to make um, saying I love you normal. Yeah, come on. I tell now. my son every day. I love every you. day. Every and, day. And, and, and you know, like, dude, are you yes, yeah, every day. Yeah, I love every you, day. son. Yeah. Come here. Give come your on. daddy a hug. It's yeah, not on, weird. Now. Because I don't want him to grow up with that complex. You know, I've been dealing in youth ministry so many years. I've had grown men tell me, man, I've never had a, another man tell me I love you and it not be like weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I tell myself, hey, yeah, hey, you bro. normalized I yeah, love you. We got to normalize word. I love you. And just as we can normalize I love you, we got to normalize getting help. That's a good word. Because if it, if it, if it, weren't, if it weren't good, he wouldn't have given it to us. It's, it's provided for us. And one of the ways that I do it personally, y'all, is I listen to a lot of jazz, a lot of instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Um, music has such a therapeutic result on your on your mental game. Uh, all the words are good, you know. All the stuff that we mm-hmm. sing is great, but just putting some good instrumental on man is a way to ease your mind. Let me ask you this: If there's somebody right now that God has listening to this podcast that may be struggling in life, going through um, particular challenges, um, and God has got them parked right there in front of that screen, in front of their phone, uh, but for this moment in time. How would you encourage somebody right now who's struggling? I would tell them that you matter. That the things that did happen, that's not your fault. That God loves you. That God has a plan for you. That your past is not a prison, but it's a platform. 
He's saying stand on what you've been through. That foundation is what's going to take you to the next level of what he's prepared for you. Listen, watch this. Watch this. It, you, your circumstances didn't make you, mm-hmm. but you can make the most of your circumstances. And the way you do that is, one, continuing to seek him with your whole heart, mind, and soul. But then also, as you're seeking him, seek those that will help you. He said earlier, it's not good that man should be alone. And it doesn't mean that you need to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But what you do need is a partner, someone who says, listen, I'm seeking God just as much as you are. And if we are seeking God together, God will show up in our lives in such a way that it will not only blow our minds, it'll be so inconsequential that you will say it had to be nothing else but God, because God can do all things. But You've got to believe it. So many times in the Bible, he said, but do you believe? And he says, your faith has Mm. made you whole. And so if you are broken in your mind, if you're broken in your spirit, or even if you're broken financially, he says, if your faith will make, do you truly believe that if I trust him, he'll do it? Do you truly believe that if you trust him, he'll heal you mentally? If you truly believe it, then stand up, step forward, stretch out, and he'll meet you right there. Brother Will, let me tell you, man, I, I, you know, the Bible says that your spirit will testify to my spirit that we are children of God. Um, It is good to see men, and it's just a plug for strong biblical men. Um, It is a good thing. It soothes my soul to see men with a passion for the gospel. Uh, Women serve. We love women. Praise Mm -hmm. God. The churches would actually crumble within themselves <laughs> if there's no women in the church. Come on. So shout out to every woman out Come there on. that loves Jesus Christ. Um, but I believe that there is a great need for godly men to fill the ranks in the house of God. Men that love Jesus. Yes. Men that are unabashed about loving their wife. Yes. Men are committed to being a good father, a great father to their children. And men that are just dedicated to being just good people. I think that we don't lift up entirely those who are doing well. It is so easy to peruse through news cycles, through social media posts, and find all the bad in the world. Mm -hmm. But we ought to be doing just as well to lift up people who are trying to do right. Mm -hmm. And brother, let me tell you, my heart has been encouraged. Um, The passion by which you speak with the gospel and your heart to want to impact the next generation is so admirable. And I want to just send a shout out to all of those who are watching. Um, We do something here at Bethel's Family called Manifest Mondays, where we try to empower men with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We try to get them to their purpose, understand who they are in Christ. And when you understand who you are in Christ, you begin to start walking boldly in that profession. That means that you're a great father, a great husband, a great man of God and a man of character and integrity. And I believe that that's what the world is longing for. Yes. Uh, Will, I am tired um, of lifting up athletes and musical people mm-hmm. and all of these other people. I want to lift up a Will Cumbie. Mm, I appreciate uh, that. I, I want to lift up a Walter August Jr. I want That's to lift up those people who are in the trenches mm-hmm. doing the work and making kingdom impact and putting those people on the big screen and say, look at those. Yeah. Let's aspire to be like that. And so as you're looking at the church right now in 2020, man, we have some tremendous opportunities. We have some tremendous opportunities to do some great in this world. And I believe if the church stands up and assumes her role, God is going to use us greatly. I will further say this, my friend. Um, They'll tell you, um, I've led over 92 mission trips around the world, 42, 41 countries all around the world. Wow. 
and my international travels have absolutely shaped my worldview. Yes. Um, I don't have an American Western worldview because okay. I've seen Africa, India, and all of these places in between. And it has shaped the way that I see people and shaped the way that I see what God wants to do in people. And when God says that to the least of them, mm-hmm. when he means the least of them, Will, I've seen the least yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the poorest man in America is the richest man everywhere else. Mm-hmm. I've seen the least of them. And so God has given us tremendous opportunity to make an impact in this world. But if we do not stand up and assume that position mm-hmm. right now, right here, we're going to miss a golden opportunity that 2020 is facing. I, I absolutely agree. And you say we got to do um, one of my favorite scripture verse says that um, uh, in due season, we'll reap a harvest. Right. Don't grow weary in doing good. It's in due season. And and I've kind of made it my mantra. It's due season. Mm. And not so much due as in like it's my time to get what I'm going to get or in due season it's coming. But D.O. season, meaning I've got to do what's necessary in this season to receive what God has already put up for me in my next season. Okay, so. now I'm going to give you credit when I preach that. So I will mention name. I'll mention your name when <laughs> so I preach that word. It's all right? due season, man. All right, it's due season. So it's I'm going to make sure season. I give you credit on that. <laughs> Um, But, but Will, uh, I want to thank you, man. Um, I believe that the reason why we did this podcast is because we want to reach people that are not going to necessarily be sitting in the pews, um, listening to a pastor behind the pulpit. Um, Maybe God's going to allow somebody to be flipping through their social media and come up on this particular podcast, and God will just sit them there for a moment. And so what we try to do here at Studio B is talk about real issues facing Main Street America and then bring them to a biblical point to where we can say, this is what God says about whatever this situation that you may be in, and trying to hit them at a different level to not such a traditional church or setting, if you will, but try to provide a platform to um, evangelize the gospel of Jesus Christ, but meet people where they are. And so I want to thank you, man, for your heart. I want to thank you uh, for just coming on the set of Studio B. And I want to give you in these last couple of moments uh, just something that you want to lay on your heart for the people here, give them some more about your ministry, uh, how we can get in contact you and things of that nature. Um, wow, that's, that's you keep you throw these. You're good at this, man. You throw these. Big, I'm like, where do I go next? Um, okay, a couple things I'll I'll give you is um, I want to encourage anyone who is listening to keep walking. Um, I think about Peter and how dark it was on the boat and the storm and everything, and how he got out of the boat and walked. And I wonder how he was able to see Jesus in the midst of the dark and the storm and the wind and the rain. And I think about when it storms, not only is there wind and rain, but there's also lightning. Mm. And so in those dark moments, sometimes God will give us just a lightning strike. (laughs) And how cool is it how just a little bit of light can keep us from falling? So keep looking for the little bits of light. Keep looking for those little moments of hope that remind you that he has not left you nor forsaken you, that he may not give you uh, a sunbeam of joy, but he may give you just enough light to tell you, you know what? What does that mean? You got three cents off of your gas this week. What does that mean? Someone bought you lunch and you didn't expect it. What does that mean your wife said something that you weren't expecting to hear what does that mean your kid comes home with a painting they did in class and said daddy I love you mommy I love you those are those little bits of hope that tell you it's not done God's got more waiting for you if you want to get in contact with me you can always <laughs> reach me at williamcumby.com I'm on Instagram at will c 
I was an old guy that didn't think of anything creative. <laughs> I, originally, I came up with like, we'll see one day, we'll, you know, we'll 60, we'll three, just we'll see 27 is my Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn, um, Facebook, all those other ones, man. Reach out to me. And if your ministry is saying, hey, I need some help with some creativity on getting our message out to our youth, reach out. I also do a conference for urban youth leaders called Overflow that I would love to give you some more information about. So just reach out to me, man. This is a community and we've got to help each other. Well, Brother Will, you have uh, earned a friend on this side of the table, man. I I really do appreciate your spirit, man. And I don't say those words lightly. Uh, I really do appreciate your spirit. I do want to say, man, to all of those who are watching, God is good. And as the old saints used to say, he's good all the time. Uh, There's never a time in which God is not good. Even in the bad times, he is good. Brother Will Cumby, the youth minister at the Fountain of Praise under the leadership of Dr. Remus Wright. I'm a good friend in the ministry that are doing awesome work and uh, greatly appreciate all he's doing for the kingdom of God. Uh, Man, as I said, you have gained a friend on this side of the table. I will always offer invitations for you to come here to the set of Studio B. Um, Your insight is inspirational, and I thank you, man, for your heart. Um, We don't do enough in telling people um, that we love them and acknowledging what God is doing in their life. And, and saints of God, I think that it's a, a prime opportunity, as I told the men last night, find some people around you that's doing some good things and encourage them to the hilt. Encourage them in whatever God is doing in their life. And brother, I want to offer that same encouragement to you. Uh, keep on pushing. Uh, keep on loving your wife. Keep on taking care of your children and keep extending the kingdom of God, because that's how we bring God glory. We are bringing God glory by doing what God has called for us to do. Now, I'm a family man through and through, brother. I've been married for 20 years. I've been knowing my wife for 25. We got four children. Two of them are in college right now. I got one that's a senior. So I got a lot going on right now. Yeah. (laughs) I got a lot going on right now. Uh, So I'm kicking cans and collecting for those college funds for those who want to contribute. But, man, being a father and being a husband is one of my greatest joys. I love preaching. I love doing all the evangelisms, going around the world, doing missions. But, man, when I come home to that family. Oh, man. Doc, it is a place of peace. Um, So I want to give you some last uh, words, man. Um, uh, Any kind of last thoughts that you want to lay before our, our, our audience here at Studio B? Uh, Listen, uh, I think you put it best, man. Uh, We grow and we thrive in community. Um, So I challenge and I encourage you to get with people that um, let not just who are committed with unity. There's a difference between unity and equality. Mm. Um, But getting in people that not only we are united in what we believe, but in equality, like we believe that this is what's going to be best for all in our community. Um, One of my good friends, Walt, is my buddy. We talk, we text. Um, he's going to show me how to rebuild a motorcycle at some point so I can be cool like him. But uh, he, that's been my buddy. And so and that's the other thing I challenge you, man. Um, when when you got, we, we talk about sticking closer than a brother. And I just want to really challenge people during this season. We're going to see some of our friends go through some hellish things. Absolutely. And this isn't your time to distance from them because they are dealing with some things personally. But if all you can do is send a text message, if all you can do is uh, drop a voicemail, they may not answer, but they'll listen. Amen. And, and I want to challenge people to continue to do that, to be a friend um, to your family members, to those, because we're separated right now physically, but that does not mean we need to separate from them in any other way. We can still send a text. We can still make a phone call. Those things still matter and they make a difference. 
Brother Will Cumby, Youth Minister at the Fountain of Praise. Everybody, thank you for joining us here on the set of Studio B. If you're watching on Facebook, you need to share, you need to comment. If you're watching on Twitter, you need to tweet and then retweet. If you're watching on Instagram, what do they do? Double tap the heart. <laughs> Double tap the tap, heart. Tap. If you're on YouTube, you go to subscribe, then click that bell to the right to make sure that you don't miss one single episode here at the set of Studio B. I, I don't say it enough. But you need to know, I'm going to say their names because you don't see them off camera. But I got a fabulous team working here on the set of Studio B. Brother Steve Miller is on the audio. Dominique Kennard-Bing is on the um, oh, the video. Okay. Yeah, co-name. And then I have Walter <laughs> August the third, um, that's also in the studio, too. So I want to thank my team who does a tremendous work. And if you don't hear it, man, God is pleased. And we, God is pleased with what's going on in Studio B. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on the set of Studio B. God bless you. God bless you. Beat you up and stretch you, but you hear that organ playing and remind you of your blessings. And on another note, she just hit another note. Chills down my spine, got me crying, make me overload.